Hi, this is Sarah Jane, and welcome to episode 23, Mitochondria of Science, Solutions, and Sprinkles. Now, what prompted me to want to talk about mitochondria, right, that powerhouse of the cell that we learned about in elementary school, was reading the book by Dave Asprey called Headstrong. And he calls mitochondria, not just mitochondria, but mighty mitochondria. And in his book, Headstrong, it's all about optimizing your mitochondria, optimizing your brain for energy. And this really intrigues me because I'm always looking for ways to increase performance, get more done, and all of those things that have to do with providing those solutions, um, as well as the science behind how the body works. So he really dives in and talks about the citric acid cycle. So mitochondria are the home of the citric acid cycle, also known as the Krebs cycle or the tricarboxylic acid, TCA, cycle. Um, It's basically the second stage of cellular respiration. So the mitochondria, if you believe in evolution, the story goes um, that as oxygen became more present on Earth, it killed a lot of bacteria. And mitochondria evolved because they could survive with oxygen, thus respiration. So these bacteria evolved into the organisms that eventually became the cells that became humans, um, but there are still mitochondria in our cells. In fact, there's still mitochondria in every cell in our body, uh, besides red blood cells, but we'll get to that. So we get the genes, another fun fact, we get the genes that code for our mitochondria solely from our mothers. So we don't get mitochondria from our dads. Um, So if your dad's lazy, then don't worry about it because you get your mitochondria from your mom. But again, then if you're worried because your mom's a lazy POS, maybe um, you should still be okay because there are ways to hack your mitochondria. And that's really what this podcast is all about is how to hack your mitochondria, a little bit of how it works, and then a little bit of food and supplementation that can help you with your mitochondria. But first, let's talk about the basics of the Krebs cycle. So ATP, we talk about energy, so adenosine triphosphate is the energy of life. So the most important part to remember of the Krebs cycle is that ATP are created from ADP and P. So adenosine diphosphate and phosphorus get together and become ATP, which is literally energy. So in one turn of the Krebs cycle, two carbon enter from acetyl-CoA, and then two carbon dioxide are released, thus respiration, right? We all know that carbon dioxide is a result of us breathing. In this Krebs cycle, also three molecules of NADH and one molecule of FADH2 are created, and one molecule of ATP is created. Um, it can be ATP actually, or GDP, excuse me, GTP. Um, GTP is a signaling molecule. Again, ATP, we think of as energy. I'll get a little bit more into GTP and talk about when we talk about more about mitochondria function outside of energy. So think of your systems in your body that require the most energy. Think of your brain, right? Always thinking, your heart always pumping, digestion always going. Those are the systems that require the most energy. So don't you want these systems to perform optimally? Um, Of course. So the only cells in your body that don't have mitochondria, as I mentioned, are red blood cells. So think of every other cell in your body. There are about 1 billion molecules of ATP in each cell. Each 
molecule gets recycled about three times a minute. We have about a trillion cells, yet we still only have about 50 grams of ATP in our entire body. So we can live for days or weeks without water or food or any of those things, but we would die instantly if we didn't have ATP. So mitochondria are responsible for generating ATP, which is, again, the energy of life. So mitochondria are responsible for energy, which is what our lifeblood, what keeps us moving, what keeps us alive. Um, Again, thinking of the systems that require more energy, brain, heart, digestion. So energy plus transmitting signals between cells. That's when you think of that GTP. So you can produce ATP, which is energy, or GTP, which again is that signaling. Signaling for transmitting between cells, signaling for cell differentiation. So when a cell is going to become something from its first created and it's going to become a brain cell. So through neurogenesis, right, it's the GTP that's signaling what it should become. It's also responsible for cell growth and death. So mitochondria are responsible for energy plus transmitting signals between cells, cell differentiation, and cell growth and death. So when apoptosis, which is when your cells die, when that happens, again, mitochondria are signaling it to happen. Um, As Dave Asprey says, he says they're calling the shots in your body. So mitochondria are calling the shots. Um, So it's really important that we support them. And I think it's a really overlooked thing. The other thing that's interesting about the statement that they're calling the shots in our body is that it's really interesting to me because they came from bacteria. And because they're bacteria that can also create signals, think about the bacteria that's in our body, which actually outnumbers our cells. Um, The bacteria that we have in our body can also influence things um, by signaling. So we already know bacteria can influence our mood, it can influence weight loss, can influence a lot of systems that we don't normally associate with probiotics or with those living bacteria that are in our and on our skin. Um, Talking about probiotics and gut bacteria, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, I promise it will be coming soon. But back to mitochondria. So if your mitochondria aren't working right, um, you're going to have problems. So when the brain has energy problems, you get cognitive impairment and brain fog. When the heart has energy problems, you get heart dysfunction and general malaise, right? You get tired. When your muscles have energy problems, you get symptoms of fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. When your intestinal cells have energy issues, you get things like leaky gut and other autoimmune diseases. Um, So our mitochondria are mega important. As we age, our mitochondrial function decreases, right? That's part of the aging process. Um, We lose about 50% of our mitochondria's function, and that's considered normal, So I don't know about you, but I want to be old and energetic. Um, I don't want to be old and lazy. So I really want to introduce now the foods and supplements that can support mitochondrial function. You can actually hack your mitochondrial function. And Dave Asprey claims that you can get five times the performance. So imagine you five times better. Wow. So let's talk about foods that support mitochondria. So of course... Dave Asprey is the guy from Bulletproof, so he talks a lot about good-for-you fats, Uh, so grass-fed meats, butter, coconut oil. One of the things I've always told my clients is, you know, we need those saturated fats, those fats that are solid at room temperature, the shorter chains, they're really good for our brain. And I used to liken it to, if your brain was made out of olive oil, what would happen? 
And you know, people who have been to my classes before will say it would drain out your ears because that's what I say. If your brain didn't have structure, if it only was olive oil, it would literally come out your ears. So you need the structure, you need the saturated fats. Again, grass-fed meats, grass-fed butter, some coconut oil, um, as long as it's sustainably sourced. But those are the things that you really need to support your mitochondria. Good for you fats. Um, if you've ever heard of Dr. Terry Walls, um, she has a book called Walls Protocol. And she has an amazing TED Talk called Minding Your Mitochondria. And I'll post a link to it um, in my blog on this topic. But she talks about how to eat in order to support your mitochondria. And one of the things that sticks out in my mind is just plates and plates of vegetables. She reversed some very degenerative uh, mitochondrial issues from multiple sclerosis in um, MS in her diet. So she literally eats like two plates of vegetables for every meal. And so she's supporting through all of those micronutrients and choosing the right um, vegetables as well. A big emphasis when we're talking about supporting the mitochondria is on polyphenols. Um, Polyphenols are antioxidants. Um, They feed your gut bacteria in addition to being an antioxidant. So they actually help your mitochondria function better. Um, But they also help your gut bacteria function better. So it's a win-win. When you think of polyphenols, I want you you to think of seasonings like cloves and star anise, even dried peppermint. You can just do a search and find all kinds of foods that are high in polyphenols. A lot of people think wine. Wine does have polyphenols, but uh, some of the effects from maybe, you know, toxins and things that are in wine may detract from the effectiveness of those polyphenols. Um, Still, I'd like to think that wine is a good source. Um, Cocoa powder and dark chocolate, again, looking for sources that don't have mold. Not that you know it when you buy it on the shelf, but I'm not talking about going and getting a Hershey's bar. I'm talking about getting some really quality, you know, Rainforest Alliance certified type cocoa powder and dark chocolate. Dark chocolate or chocolate in general, excuse me, has a very bad social impact. So getting socially responsible chocolate is very important. It's actually estimated, I think the stat I read was 1.8 million children are slaves to chocolate. So when you eat chocolate, you're supporting slave trade if you aren't getting sustainably sourced chocolate. Again, that could probably be a whole nother podcast. Polyphenol rich fruits. I want you to think of berries, plums, cherries, apples. Black beans are actually high in polyphenols. Nuts can be high in polyphenols, so hazelnuts and pecans are the big two. Walnuts have some, almonds have some. Vegetables, obviously, as I mentioned, eating plates and plates of vegetables from the Walls Protocol. Um, But specifically spinach, artichokes, chicory, and red onions. I eat a ton of spinach and a ton of artichokes, so that's the good news. Another... um, One I'd be remiss to not mention is black teas and green teas. Those have a decent amount of polyphenols, as does coffee. So that's all the foods you should eat, right? Big list, decent list. Um, Focus on polyphenol-rich foods and see how you feel. The foods you want to avoid are the oxidized fats and the fried foods. So anytime there's damage done to a fat, um, it can actually cause brain fog when it gets in you. Pay attention to that. Sugar is another one to avoid. Sugar does nothing good for you in your body. Um, It can increase the things that slow your mitochondria down, in fact. 
Other things to avoid are any sort of toxins. So when you eat conventional food, you can get a lot of toxins from in the form of pesticide residues um, and any type of foreign ingredients. So things that are artificial, your body may mount an attack against. And that's, again, anything that promotes inflammation is going to be bad for your mitochondria. All right. Supplements to support mitochondria. And I like to get into a little bit of how they work. So the first supplement to support your mitochondria is going to be a high quality omega-3. After all, your brain, right, if that's what you're trying to optimize, is made up of DHA. Your heart uses a lot of EPA. Um, your brain, again, primary fatty acid in your brain is DHA. It's a longer chain found in omega-3 supplements and fish oil. Um, if you're looking to buy a fish oil, um, the more longer chain, so the more EPA and DHA, the better. I use Mother's Omega, um, which is my brand for Mathlon Nutrition. Um, it's good for more than just women. Um, it is okay for men. Um, I just market it as Mother's Omega. But quality matters immensely. And Mother's Omega is a monoglyceride form of fish oil, which means it's really highly absorbed. So traditional fish oils, triglyceride, your body breaks it down into um, what we call ethyl esters, and then it reattaches the glycerol in order to digest it. Well, this is already in that form that your body would make it into, so you get better absorption. Um, if you decide to take a lot of omega-3s, there's been some studies, I think Reader's Digest did a highlight on it. There's been some studies about how high amounts of fish oil can be bad for you. And um, that's usually because of oxidation. You're eating too much for your body to absorb. So if you do decide to take high amounts of fish oil, take an antioxidant. And that's where some people suggest taking something like krill. Now krill, it's harder to get a lot of the longer chains, um, but it does have the built-in antioxidant of astaxanthin. So I like to take astaxanthin separate and take my high quality monoglyceride fish oil. Some other supplements to support mitochondria are turmeric um, and any other supplements that support healthy levels of inflammation. So in the supplement world, it's a no-no to say anti-inflammatory. Um, so that's why I say support healthy levels of inflammation. Turmeric helps to support healthy levels of inflammation. I also like proteolytic enzymes. Like there's a product from Garden of Life called Wobenzyme. Um, and I kid you not, in Germany, they use it like it's ibuprofen. So it's a proteolytic enzyme, helps your body to heal itself, helps your body to break down those proteins, those amino acids that are building up that cause that soreness, whether it be in your joints or your muscles. So I really like turmeric. I really like Wobenzyme. Um, if you support your gut bacteria and get the right types of bacteria in there with probiotics and prebiotics, you're also going to be supporting your mitochondria. Uh, B12 is another good one. Uh, you want to look for a methyl form, so methylcobalamin. Avoid the cyanocobalamin forms. Those are basically cheap forms. They're more shelf-stable. Other things you can add to support your mitochondria, medium-chain triglycerides, which is what you find in coconut oil, um, or exogenous ketones. If you really want to boost your body, get it into ketosis, um, and see how your brain feels, those are good ones as well. Some of my other favorite supplements that help with relaxing and help when you're relaxed and you have less stress, your mitochondria are going to work better. So GABA or G-A-B-A, um, gamma aminobutyric acid, you can get as a chewable, uh, one of my favorite ways to take it, usually paired with L-theanine. You could take them separately, you could take them together, add in some magnesium, and you're really going to support your cellular health. 
really funny. When I was writing out this podcast, I was discussing mitochondria with a coworker and literally not two hours later, he got an email from onit.com for their product called total mitochondria. And it just made me laugh that it's like Google heard us talking and sent him this ad for this product, again, total mitochondria. And so this one contains resveratrol CoQ10, which again, supports energy production and in those systems that require a lot of energy. So if you take something like CoQ10, which is a great supplement as well, it's going to support your brain, your heart, your digestion, right? Any of those systems that require a lot of energy is where you're going to see the benefit. Um, this total mitochondria, it's very convenient, but it is expensive. Uh, I prefer to rotate through my antioxidants um, and to take a more potent ubiquinol. So, you know, I may be taking a grapeseed extract and then I'll switch over to a resveratrol. Then I'll take a green tea extract, um, grapeseed extract. I think I said that. Uh, maybe some milk thistle, things that are supportive um, of different functions, but kind of rotating through antioxidants, uh, maybe by what's on sale, maybe by what I've read about recently. So I rotate through an antioxidant in addition to eating a lot of foods that are high in antioxidants. Um, and I take a form of CoQ10 called ubiquinol, and it's a more bioavailable and absorbable form of CoQ10. So that's food and supplements that support your mitochondria. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit of my plan to optimize my mitochondria to give you an idea of what it could look like. Um, I also included timing because I read a chronorhythm book that talks all about your timing and what's the best timing. Uh, my chronorhythm is the same as about, I think that he said like 80% of the U.S. population. So this probably is a good fit for you as well. But about an hour and a half post wake up, if I'm on the go, so if I'm going to work or whatever... I'm going to grab a cup of berries and two eggs. So hard boiled eggs. Typically, if I'm at home on the weekends, I like to cook eggs. So cook some eggs with some healthy veggies and fat. Uh, I really love stir fried spinach and butter with some eggs and some hot sauce. Delicious. Um, And probably still have some berries for polyphenols. And berries are also higher fiber um, than most fruits. Five hours post work post wake up, I'm going to have one of my protein shakes. So an eat clean protein shake from my company, Athlon Nutrition. Um, And that's usually at work, you know, I'm at work about 10 o'clock, it's time for a protein shake. And then that's the time to have coffee. If you're going to do caffeinated coffee, that's the time to do coffee. It's actually better for you not to have it when you first wake up. A lot of people kind of think they require it to wake up, you'll actually see better effects from the caffeine if you have it a little bit later in the morning. So for me, I don't do the caffeine. So I'm going to have some decaf coffee just to get the polyphenols um, with some added healthy fat. And I just love the taste of coffee as well. So that's about 10 o'clock. So five after five hours after I wake up. Um, lunch for me is typically leftovers from dinner. So some sort of protein, whether I had steak the night before. I don't do a lot of chicken, um, but maybe it was, you know, some pork. I'd like to get into some more lamb. Again, reading all the benefits of the healthy fats. Um, and whatnot that are in those, then a whole bunch of veggies and healthy fat. As an afternoon snack, I love to do antipasto style stuff. So some salami, some cheese, some veggies, um, especially peppers. I love bell peppers. And after work, when I get home, I like to have a kombucha um, and then something like an apple or a plum. Again, getting those polyphenol rich foods. Dinner, since you already know what I had for lunch, it's usually leftovers. You probably know what I had for dinner. Some protein, a lot of veggies, and some healthy fats. Foods I'm going to try to avoid are damaged fats and sugar. Um, Knowing if you have heard previous podcasts where I work, um, we primarily do 
um, coating systems for fried foods, and I'm the R&D director. So coating systems for fried foods and baking mixes. So it's no easy feat, but I know that if I eat clean, I will totally perform better. Last fun fact that I learned interesting thing that I learned and that you should Google is about vasoactive intestinal peptides. So this was just an interesting um, realization that there is this thing called vasoactive intestinal peptides. And again, if we support our mitochondria, we support so many different systems. So this is Science Solutions and Sprinkles. You can check out the website, sprinkles.com. That's S-S-S-P-R-I-N-K-L-E-S.com. You can check out the blog. I will post a link to Dr. Terry Wall's TED Talk on minding your mitochondria. But hopefully you learned something about how your mitochondria work and what food and supplements you can use to hack your mitochondria. Again, I'm Sarah Jane, and this is Science Solutions and Sprinkles, episode 23, Mitochondria.